Today on Ophias and Julio, we go from the imbalance of divisions in ACC football to the imbalance of no divisions in ACC football. A little schedule analysis today. We'll also get into the one thing NFL running backs and sports media finally have in common. Plus, Chelsea, Wrexham, Keenan. Will North Carolina get some shout-outs tonight on ESPN? Before we get started... By all means, rate us five stars on your favorite podcast apps. Shout out to everybody who has given us five stars only, positive vibes only. And if you're watching on YouTube, or if you haven't watched on YouTube, go ahead, do it, and hit that subscribe button. OG. 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 It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias, live to tape Eford Studios in downtown Raleigh, thanks to Empire Properties. And, you know, Joe, sometimes we in in our business, we do not have a lot in common with athletes. Okay. Especially NFL players. We do not. We do not. We do not. But I think we finally found common ground with one position group in the NFL. The backup punter? Running backs. Oh. Running backs. I feel like running, you know, the the, the predator meme, you know, it's uh you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and Billy with with uh with Carl Weathers. Yeah. And Apollo Yes, you know, like you see the muscles rippling in the in the that might not be us, but no, definitely not us. It's a lot of flab if we were to do that. Maybe we actually should do that and just see all the jiggle in our arms because we don't work out. But no, we have something in common with NFL running backs now. Ownership is not willing to spend money on your position anymore. So this week, there's been like an open revolt in the NFL from running backs because we've seen three very productive players, including Saquon Barkley, get the franchise tag. And interestingly enough, the running back position is the only position in the NFL that has seen a decrease in franchise tag average, which is pretty wild as that position continues to kind of get commoditized essentially oh okay we draft you you produce for us you got tread on the tire oh you want to get paid turn it along no no i'm good we're gonna go draft your replacement it's it's really difficult and look we have personal relationships with guys including nc state former nc state great naheem hines who is trying to you know he's not just a running back he's a utility guy he's a special teams guy he's gotten a contract but it shows you even though you can do a whole bunch of things on the field, including Christian McCaffrey, who's a Swiss Army knife, and was the Panthers offense, you still go, eh, we appreciate it. Here's like about $13 million, and then we're going to keep it moving. Do you think it was an accident that the Panthers couldn't get a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey? Absolutely not. Of course not. not. Absolutely not. Absolutely even with not. all of yeah. his mm-hmm. value because of durability. That, yes. That's what this all comes down to. And when's the last time a running back was the main engine on a team that won the Super Bowl. Think about it in those terms. But how do you get to a Super Bowl? Hey, what's uh, changed? Hand, it's the changed. Da- hand the damn ball off to Marshawn Lynch. Maybe you have two Super Bowls. He would be the answer. Okay. He would be the answer. So, or you know what? John Elway. I mean, I know now I'm dating myself. Time well, is time. Terrell is Davis, that's fine. That's but Terrell Davis, I mean, John Elway doesn't overcome the he hasn't won one yet. You think Dan Marino would have liked a reliable running back? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I find it somewhat dismissive. When you say, well, name me the team who's won a Super Bowl that has this high-paid running back. That's not the point. How do you get there? That's the point. It's one of my favorite Dave Doran sayings, actually. Might be my favorite Dave Doran saying. Okay. You you pass the score, you run to win. 
because usually early in the games, you're trying to put points on the board. And then mm-hmm. when you want to choke that thing out, you do need to be able to run the clock, run the ball, keep, hang on to the ball, keep your uh, opponent's offense off the field. The NFL has changed a lot. I mean, the, the rules have basically been set up for offenses to score. The rules have been set up for quarterbacks to play forever and be the stars in this game. Yes. There, there's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, we live in a weird world where Daniel Jones, who, look, bless Daniel Jones. It's not against, it's not, it's something about him per se. If, you know, if David Cutcliffe happens to be listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube, it's nothing personal against Daniel Jones. It's that like, what has he done? Man, he had that one playoff game against the Vikings where he did really look amazing. I'm not lying. I'm not even being a jerk right now. Cool. He looked amazing in that one. game. He was terrible against the Eagles, but man, one. he looked out one. of this one. world. One, 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 one. And yet, yet, and yet, <laughs> he's gonna he's got a decent contract with the Giants. Meanwhile, Saquon Barkley, who has been their offense, truly been their offense, but has also, been used but up and been out. out. But he's also been hurt. This is true. This is true. Speaking of Christian McCaffrey, he, and according to Pro Football Talk, there's like a group chat with all the running backs in the NFL. And they put sort, they put forth this week, like a concerted effort to tweet out and raise awareness and things we like that. We the men of the NFL running backs. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so here's Christian McCaffrey. This is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. And he's reacting to Dov Kleiman's tweet about Saquon Barkley with the Giants. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders and Tony Pollard with the Cowboys all getting franchise tagged. And again, I cannot stress this enough. The running back position is the only position to see a tag value decrease over time. Uh, I forgot who it was who had tweeted this out. Maybe I can, I can pull it up. Um, But somebody pointed out that was like, here's what the average annual value of Saquon Barkley is versus like a punter. Right. Oh, it was a kicker. It, it was the kicker. Kicking, the kicking position has gone up. It has gone up. It has gone up. Of course, because it's more specialized than the running back position. Mm-hmm. The thought process is you could just draft a guy in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, plug him in, get a year. This is all. This is all big Shanahan's fault, by the way. You want to blame somebody, which is the irony of Kyle Shanahan collecting running backs at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. The big Shanahan was the one after Terrell Davis with that offensive line in Denver that said. Oh, and by the way, I they got Terrell Davis out of Georgia after major knee injuries and right. turned him into a Hall of Famer. Then after that, it became, oh, well, I'll just get Mike Anderson. Oh, I'll, you know, it's like, I'll just back the fifth. I'll just draft the fifth string Georgia running back and <laughs> I'll win a Super Bowl. <laughs> and think about it. That's basically what a lot of NFL teams have done, save for the Panthers. The Panthers love a first round running back pick. They can't get enough of mm. first round running back picks. So here's uh, Matt Miller, who goes by NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. And this is the thing that most of the running backs were reacting to, including Austin Eckler, uh, who had gone in on the business of this. But this is and I don't disagree with what Matt Miller is saying, is that the tweet reads, been saying it for years, draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good, franchise tag the running back one time and then draft a running back and then bring that guy up. I don't disagree with the business aspect of what Matt Miller is discussing. And that's where Jonathan Taylor comes in and he tweets out one. If you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed three, you boost your organization and then doesn't matter. You're a running back. And actually whether Jonathan Taylor was being very specific with the running back position label, or he stumbled into this, this is really what it's about. It's the position, even though we recognize like with all other positions, They've evolved over time. You just mentioned the kicker. It's more specialized. The tight end. And tight ends ain't what tight ends used no. to be back in the day. The receivers. Remember, there was a time, and we saw this with Jimmy Graham, I'm pretty sure, back in the day. Uh, and who was it? Uh, was it Marquise Colston as well? I only remember this from fantasy football because you could put him in the flex. But he was a wide receiver. 
And then he wanted to get paid like a wide receiver. And what what did the organization say to him? Ah, You're a tight end. You are a tight end. Again, this gets back to sports media and running backs. Clasping hands and rippling sweat and muscles. Well, one muscle, one flabby in the case of sports media, because that often happens in our business. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're this. And we're going to pay you like this. Okay. And this all actually, you, you blame Shanahan. Ultimately, what I blame is the 2011 collective bargaining agreement. Sam Bradford ruined the game for everybody. He did. Okay. Yes. So there, there's, there's helped and ruined. There's evolutions to this. Right? Both. <laughs> so, you know, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. So the 2011 CBA was focused primarily on quarterbacks because Sam Bradford signed a six-year, $80 million rookie deal, and everybody freaked. Never played it down. Everybody freaked. Right. So they went, no, 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 no. We, can, we need the rookie wage scale. We got we to gotta bring this down. So it was collectively bargained, and it was focused on quarterbacks, and we've seen the NFL adapt to that rookie wage scale, where if you nail the QB like a Russell Wilson in the third round, it saves you a lot of money. Or Dak Prescott saves you a lot of money. You can focus on other parts of the team, ramp up your defense, spend money on an offensive line, spend money on a wide receiver. You can help that quarterback and you can help the quarterback. <laughs> you can build around it. Sometimes you get that money to a running back, right? And then if, if, if you succeed, the quarterback then gets rewarded with what he's done. It's one of the unique aspects of American sports economies. You usually get paid for what you've done more so than what you're going to do in the future. So we, we've seen the game change where it makes much more economic sense to draft quarterbacks consistently. And if they don't work out, no big deal. Hit the reset button. Let's try again, see if you win Which out. you couldn't have done under the old CBA. Absolutely that was not. the problem with the old CBA. You're Absolutely paying not. an unproven quarterback. And yes, yeah, sometimes they're Peyton Manning, but sometimes they're Ryan Leaf. Now, in the decade plus that we've seen this new collective bargaining agreement, I, we can all recognize what's happened with quarterback and how teams go about drafting Taking more chances in the first round because they're more disposable. The unintended consequence of all of this has been screwing the running back and the specific position of running back. And that's why we are where we are. And I don't blame the running backs for being vocal about it. But unfortunately, that's just the nature of the economy right now for running backs. You're worth what someone's willing to pay for you. Same as that's what I've learned from Weston. And I feel at Oak Oak City Sports Card. (laughs) The value is what someone's willing to pay for. This is true. That is the value of the card. This is true. And we'll, we'll close this conversation on this part of this as it relates to the running back and what you're worth and everything else. Derrick Henry probably had it best when he had tweeted out, we should just get rid of the position. Stop calling it the running back. If you rebrand it and you call it for what it actually is, it needs a refresh. It needs a new font, maybe a new color scheme, a new logo. Upward leaning, forward leaning, yeah, right? Yeah, future. Is that what the NHL spend, and the ACC said? Like spend half a million dollars on a consultant to be like, <laughs> well, the if fish you, baits. <laughs> so if you, yeah, fish bait solutions. So if you, if you take RB, you give it a new font and then lean, lean. It forward with an underline. underline then maybe ownership will look at you differently. <laughs> we solved the solution, Joe. We solved. We've got it. We we got it. Housekeeping. Thanks to everybody who has rated the podcast on Apple. We're approaching a thousand five star reviews. Truly appreciate that. Shout out to everybody who has subscribed on on YouTube as well. Those numbers continue to come up. And obviously, th- thanks to everybody who has been visiting our sponsors. Lots of Butcher's Market photos we've been getting, which is great. We'll, we'll talk about Butcher's Market a little bit later on. Um, we got a new show. 
that is coming for the football season. Speaking of drafting quarterbacks and going in a new direction, everything else, Carolina Panthers have Bryce Young. So we were going to have a new podcast called Young Gun. Dimitri Rabinos and Lauren Brownlow are going to give you a Panther-specific podcast this upcoming season that is focused on Bryce Young. You people wanted more Panthers. Got it. Check. You people wanted more of that Brownlow lady. You got it. Check. We're here. Hey, you ask us. We'll do our best. We do requests over here. We will do our best to deliver. Um, One other housekeeping note. You might see it here in the, you might see here in my video shot. You see that little OG tumbler right there with the breeze through. Ooh, good stuff. We're going to start mixtapes back. Tumblr's back. We're going to do that when we get back from kickoff. Very excited about this. So am I. So is that painted on? This one's a sticker. That's a sticker on this there? This is my friend Steve over okay. at Graphics House. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you're not going to let me get an OG mobile. No, we're not doing a podcast card. Okay. You, Absolutely you, you've, not. You've put the kibosh on the OG Absolutely mobile. Absolutely not. I, I think, though, for tax purposes, if I get Steve uh-huh. to put this on my car, uh-huh. then all of a sudden, <laughs> I have an OG mobile <laughs> and I have a tax break. On the fit. No, I think I need to put it on the car. I'm actually making payments on. Okay. Oh, I see. I think. I see. Because it'd be hilarious if you put that big giant logo on the hood of the fit. That on would... the hood. Yes. Ooh. On the hood of the fit. I'm going to get a QR code too, since technically like right. this, you know, YouTube URL is kind of wonky. I know. So I'm thinking QR code. Perfect. I love the idea. You're love not going to put idea. it on the, uh, the Civic? It's not. No, not in play. No, not in play. Okay. Absolutely not in play. Save us some money. Uh, shout out to hometown. <laughs> Realty. I can't get a, a mobile myself. <laughs> shout out to hometown realty. Uh, check them out online at myhtr.com. Again, that's myhtr.com. We understand this area continues to blow up in terms of people moving to the state. That's made the housing market pretty wild. You need somebody who knows the ins and outs of this area, uh, how to put you in the best position to succeed. And that's what hometown realty could do. Yeah. What does Barry Woodard know? He's got 250 agents mm-hmm. at more than six locations all across the state my hdr.com if you drive down 70 you'll see the billboards unbelievable stuff you can give them a call 919-550-7355 also shout out to whitaker and hammer did you pose in front of a sign the i day did in because the my uh, son james works at the garner recreational center gotcha so we were leaving and i was like i said to jessica i said oh that's uh that's josh's place right there let me let me, let me hop out and take a picture all right so check out whitaker and hammer wh.lawyer Again, that's wh.lawyer. Locations across North Carolina. They got all the G's. All covered. the G's. Yeah, Josh and Joe are great. Uh, any kind of family law. If you're selling a business, um, what, are, what, are, what are our other ones that we always hit on with them? Closing on a house. Or if you have a grant of rights. Or if you have a grant of rights. Our guys, <laughs> Josh Whitaker, Joe <laughs> Hamer. Again, the world's greatest URL. Unlike ours, they have the world's greatest URL. Uh, wh.lawyer. What's up next? What's up next? Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. He goes by Dadgum Box Scores on Twitter. He has a wonderful newsletter called Bless Your Chart. He is Chris Gallo. Chris, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the uh, podcast. Doing well. Thanks for uh, having me. So um, you, I, I, I find your work interesting because you put it in very easy, digestible charts. Uh, Gilio does it on a yellow pad. You've got fancy graphics. So that's, uh, that's, that's a jump. So impressive graphics. So this summer... You've been kind of revisiting ACC divisions, you know, what it was, the unbalanced schedule, and then the new form of unbalanced scheduling 
that we're going to have here in uh, in the future as they've scrapped divisions altogether. So I did want to go to uh, your ACC records in the division era, which you had put out on, again, blessyourchart.substack.com. Oh, wow. Well, no, this is crispy. No, I mean, being able to pull it up and us having the triple box over here. Oh, yeah, here. we got triple box. Yeah, man, we got Woo. StreamYard. StreamYard knows what it's doing. Why isn't Chris working for us? Look at these charts, man. <laughs> well, Chris, how much, how much do you charge? If we need to do some charts, we can discuss that off there. All right, we'll discuss. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in your DMs. So, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that Clemson absolutely dominated the division era of the ACC, uh, followed by Virginia Tech, even though recent history of Virginia Tech hasn't been so kind. So, eight championships. Uh, we got uh, eight divisions. Uh, they've won the league, all that stuff. And they've won 80, 80%, nearly 80% of their conference games in that time. Yeah, I think um, when I was looking at this, I think it was 2010, maybe. Clemson played in the Meineke Car Care Bowl, and I think they lost. Yes. I was just flabbergasted yeah. by that. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Then they just they got on the – they were just rolling by, like, 2015 and pretty much beating everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's quite impressive when you look at it and zoom out a little bit. They've really dominated the entire league for, for quite some time. All right, let's look at these these teams at the bottom here. We got Duke – who has a division title, of course, because of the, because of the, the split. <laughs> Syracuse has been like hot or cold, right? Like they're either some somewhat functional. I know last year I think they were right at the Mendoza line there, but Syracuse right. that's on the Atlantic side. Maryland was on the Atlantic side. I think I feel like a lot of that's Randy Edsel, and then Virginia Coastal, but Atlantic Wake Forest down there too. So you have three of the bottom five. Three are Atlantic. Yep, and I think I mean that might be a function of who you're playing, right? Um, yeah. Take out all those Clemson losses, maybe. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed throwing Maryland on the on the graphic though. Yes. <laughs> because we it feels like it was so long ago. I guess it was so long ago, but mm. they were in the league. And I think I looked it up in the Big Ten, they've actually done uh a little bit worse, if if I have that right, um, since mm. they've made the leap. So feel like the competition's a little bit different in the Big Ten, too, which might uh, might lead to that. Look how sad Miami is in that chart with one division title. Who did you ultimately give the uh, the twenty? Was it eleven or twelve? The one that both all of Carolina, Georgia Tech, and Miami all claim. I think it was twelve, think, right? Yeah, I think whoever played in the game. So That's who not, you get. okay, <laughs> not Carolina. No, because technically Carolina would have won that tiebreak, but technically right. they would have won yeah. that tiebreak. Mm-hmm. So when they handed out those rings, I was like, yes, yeah, you on the field, it. you won the actual division. But I know the records don't. Right. Like that. So I guess this is the part that I find interesting. And Chris, uh, who goes by Dadgum Box Scores on Twitter, uh, Carolina guy, a lot of fun stuff. But the the um, the bluster chart has a lot of good ACC information about how things were and where things might be headed. I've been making the argument for a long time, mainly on vibes, that both North Carolina and NC State, regardless of how they feel about who's surpassing who in terms of recruiting, uh, who beats who in, in a given season that ultimately we're talking about two historically 500 programs in college football. And then looking at this chart, coastal chaos, we're in the Atlantic. There's no way we can do X, Y, Z. And sure enough, it kind of plays out that way. North Carolina and NC state are historically around 500 or just below 500 in this division play. And Carolina has got two divisions by, you know, virtue of coastal chaos, but ultimately there's not a lot of difference between the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack during this time. Right. No, not at all. I think we're more similar than we're um, different, like for sure. And that applies to a, a lot of walks of life. But with <laughs> with state, I mean, 
I guess if you go head to head, I think I looked at this before they played the game this past uh, fall. Mm-hmm. I think since 1988, so like Mac Brown 1.0, State has the edge. They've won more games. Yeah. Um, pains me to say that as a Carolina guy, especially the past two years, because my goodness, like, yeah, um, those are brutal losses. But yeah, I feel as though they're around the same. I would say State feels a little bit more stable lately. Okay. Um, one thing that kind of surprised me when I was listening to, I think it was David Hale, when the whole Northwestern stuff came out, uh, Doran being like the eighth most tenured coach, um, mm-hmm. that really, like, I didn't realize that. Like, he's been there a while. Um, and if you think about it, Clawson's been there a while now at Wake. Um, obviously, Duke Cutcliffe was there a while, now, you know, a new coach. But Carolina's kind of gone through some coaches over the past, I don't know, 20 years or so when you compare it. But ultimately, I kind of think they're very similar in terms of what they put out there, even though there's a lot of differences elsewhere. So I wanted to focus on ACC football S&P average uh, rankings yeah. by decade. For Okay, so this is where we get into some super nerdy stuff. And right. if you are listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, you're not quite understanding what S&P plus is. It's like when we just kind of throw out Ken Palm a bunch in college basketball. Right. So if you're a college basketball person or you're familiar with Ken Palm, then S&P plus is kind of on that same wavelength. Oh, oh my Lord, Georgia Tech, what happened? So, <laughs> so Chris, for the, like, the explain like I'm five group, which I would be included in this, what is S&P plus? So shout out Bill Conley. Um, works for ESPN now. So it's, I think all the metrics are behind a paywall now on ESPN plus, but if you're trying to watch things, you might get that content. So S and P plus is like tempo free. And they also try to like, it's predictive as well. So you can liken it to a Ken Palm for football, uh, in this chart, what we showed. So Bill Conley kind of released all the rankings all the way back. Uh, I think over like a hundred years. So there's a lot of like nuance. There's probably things that aren't captured in there, but you mm-hmm. kind of accept that, right? So on this chart, we looked at like the percentile ranking. Um, I like using the percentiles here because it's easier to compare. Because if you're looking at S&P Plus and it's, you know, you're ranked number one and someone's like 130, it's kind of hard to compare those two. Um, with the percentiles, it's a little more clear. Hey, Clemson's like, you know, the last, you know, two decades around the 90th percentile, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, like what's fascinating, if you look at some of the other, like Alabama for like 2010s, it's like they're just 99th percentile the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I found this really interesting to see, like, especially how the league's changed, right? Like Miami coming in, you're and like you're just saying what happened, Georgia Tech over the last <laughs> few <laughs> years. Obviously, 2020s are yeah. still young, but yeah. that's kind of the gist of it. Um, you know, there's. I, I find those S&P plus numbers really helpful during the season in terms of if you're trying to compare that to a point spread, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be able to capture some information that might not be there. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's super useful. So Bill Conley, I think has been doing it a while now, maybe like a decade. So I'd recommend checking it out. So they, they do look similar again, if we focus on state and Carolina, but why now this you said would be based on the actual performance of the offense, the actual performance of the defense. Right. So, Carolina, like, why would they be? Why would it? Why would mathematically state be better than Carolina with with the worst record? Because it's based on the actual plays. Yeah. So it's based on like their rankings on the, each season and then the average of that. So okay. I'd say 2021 wasn't a glowing year for the Tar Heels. <laughs> um, <laughs> last year was probably. A oh, bit okay. Better. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But um, I mean, same for state. You could say. Yeah. I mean, they're 69 and 72 of my yeah, glasses. Joe would give me a better zoom, maybe. 
Yeah, they're they're extremely similar though. I mean, I think Wake Forest like at, at times, and that's what's tricky. You know that the distribution that's, there is what you're trying to show is like at one me. point if there's a big hump, it's like well they were really good for maybe one or two seasons, but mm-hmm. overall, you know, if it's like just a flat line, um, then that tells you what you need to know. But ultimately, trending upward. Right. I mean, okay. yeah. So, right. I mean that that would that would be the other way to look at it too. Uh, and again, when you look at uh, NC State and North Carolina, uh, you do find them somewhat similar, but NC State's a little bit more, has less uh, valleys, so to speak. And that, that drives State fans nuts because it's just kind of more the same every year. They'll win some games that they'll be surprised by. They'll lose some games that they wish they had back. But ultimately, they're decent seasons. North Carolina just seems to have more variance, it seems. Yeah, I, I think uh, like 2017, 2018, um, I think Carolina's 2-14 and 14 in league play. Those two seasons combined. Yeah, they beat Pitt. Yeah. That yeah. was that's and that's the Bubble Cunningham rivalry. You <laughs> yes. know, the North Carolina Pitt rivalry, man. He's gonna yeah. <laughs> so like I mean, I think I think since under Mac and I looked this up, they're like twenty and fourteen in okay. conference play. So lost the same amount of games, but you know, obviously played more. But yeah, those two seasons were really rough. <laughs> so you've you've written about this for ACC basketball and how it affects the NCAA tournament and how many teams are going to get, you know, how many teams are on the bubble and everything else. We just have imbalanced schedules, and we've been talking about imbalanced schedules in ACC basketball for a really, really long time. And it's, hello, Virginia. It's easier It's easier to conceptualize football imbalanced schedules because of the division play, and people have their narratives about each one. But now it seems that the ACC has presented yet another version of imbalanced schedules is probably more akin to what's going on with basketball, even with their three-three-five scheduling model that Joe Giglio so kindly donated to the ACC. So that gets us to a couple of things that you just recently wrote about on your newsletter, bless your chart, where we can be high on Duke. We can be high on Duke. This is important because they got Riley Leonard and we like Mike Elko. But in your latest newsletter, Chris, you point out that the average opponent preseason win totals, Duke's got the most difficult schedule, whereas Louisville based on preseason projections, looks like it might have the easiest schedule. So it's going to be a tough sled for the Blue Devils in this new model. Right. And I think I think Brownlow might have made the point last week where she said um, Duke might be better but have a worse record. Yep. I think that's completely fair <laughs> going into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Duke was really uh, impressive last year. I mean, that Carolina game could have easily gone the other way. Um, but – when you look at the league, I think there's some tiers set up. And just based on looking at, you know, preseason projections, uh, I looked at SMP Plus. I looked at Kelly Ford. That's another site that has some uh, early projections. And then you look at what, you know, what Vegas is telling you, right? Um, there's like four teams that are kind of uh, consistently at the bottom. That's Virginia, Boston College, uh, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech. Louisville plays all four of those teams. <laughs> They play three of them at home, and the one that they play away is actually the season opener in Atlanta, which is, you know, a, a short skip from Louisville. <laughs> um, so that's super favorable for them, right? Where, you know, Duke opening with Clemson, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I feel like that's mm-hmm. not great, but maybe, I don't know, maybe you get your attention. But, you know, then playing State, Florida State, and Louisville, Wake, Carolina, Virginia, Pitt, it's uh, it's pretty tough. They're basically playing the Atlantic. It's like they got traded mm-hmm. <laughs> for this one season, and they have to play those teams. So it's a really uh, a tough draw for the Blue Devils. And, I mean, 
you know, Louisville, I think a lot of people are calling them a dark horse, but the vibes just feel really good there, right? Okay. In, new quarterback. Mm-hmm. It looks, you know, pretty manageable. So, so why not? So you're saying, Chris, there's a re- actual statistic reason that Louisville's total went from seven and a half to eight and a half by the time I got to Virginia. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't the Law of the Wolf podcast with Chip Patterson where we did all of our ACC win totals, and we both were like, Louisville is the best bet on the board. And by the time I get to Virginia, it, it went to eight. It and went half. up. That's and funny. I was like, huh, look at the power. I'm, I'm, I'm Pat McAfee. No, you're saying, <laughs> you're yeah. saying, Jillio, you're an idiot. This is purely a math equation. They're playing well, four garbage teams and none of the good teams. <laughs> well, I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people probably saw that and it picked up on it. And so now yeah. they're, now the market is moving, obviously, okay. to, to what you're saying. But, I mean, that's the other thing to look at really is like how the odds have changed. And I mean, we're, we're in the middle of July. So we don't really yeah, know there, there is that too. But, yeah. Why are they changing? <laughs> I don't know. Money's <laughs> moving, I guess. But. Because people are starting to pay a little bit more attention. They get their Phil Steele. They, yep. they start to look at the schedules like we're doing right now. God, God bless Phil Steele. He's a pioneer, man, and, and total salute. But man, he's been worthless for the last... Oh, three really? or four years. Yeah, that's unfortunate. He just copies and pastes from like the previous year. It's like noticed, the depth chart. And it's, I have noticed it's a little... He offers no insight whatsoever. But if you're looking There's for... Quick, no insight. If you're looking for quick reference, I think that's where it ends up. It's, it's, up, it's like a compilation of, of depth charts yeah, from probably. like years past. So Chris, we'll close on this because the other thing about uh, schedule imbalance, it, this isn't a typo. You didn't you didn't screw... I don't. I doubt you screwed up your graphic. You're very, very good with your charts. It, is that really... Miami not playing a damn conference game until week six against Georgia Tech. So I this is one of the reasons why I tried to like put this graphic together because the other graphic I did everyone's schedule. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I just want conference games. Just filter those out. And I kept looking at it and I was like, there's something here I'm missing. And then when you <laughs> lay it out this way, you're like, why? Like, wait, what happened? And I don't know. Like the Miami thing's fascinating to me. I feel like they should be better, although I guess when you go five and seven, like you shouldn't be worse if, if you're in the second year of the, the head coach. But I think that's a really uh, tough slate. I saw PFF, uh, their college Twitter account, tweeted out like the easiest schedules based on last year's records. And yeah. Miami was on there, and I was like, uh, disagree, <laughs> hard disagree. Especially, I mean, just, I mean, think about how the season's going to go, right? Uh, there's probably going to be injuries at some point. It's football. Mm-hmm. To have to play that many conference games in a row um, is just tough. Like, you don't really get a breather. I mean, you can argue, you know, Georgia Tech should be a win, and then Carolina and Clemson back-to-back is not not, not easy. Um, but, yeah, I was really surprised by that. And I think early on they played Texas A&M um, on their out-of-conference, and they have a couple other – Maybe some easier wins, but yeah, they hop in. I think there's a bye week, week five, and then they hop in, and it's straight conference games. Uh, week four is kind of like that too, although um, I think in week 12 there where it's blank, and this is where I debated, do you put Notre Dame on here? Because <laughs> they're playing Ooh. a lot of people. They're playing a lot of teams. Emotional playing- game. A lot of emo- that'll be an emotional game. And where, yeah. where will Sam Hartman's rib be? Yeah. That's the middle of the right? <laughs> yeah, it's rib removed, and his mom apparently like saved the rib, and they're turning it into some oh tchotchke. from last year. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, they're gonna turn it into a tchotchke of some sort. Maybe it's a turnover rib. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really don't know. A mesh rib. 
Uh, who who's to say? Slow. Oh, as long as it's slow. <laughs> slow removal of the uh, of the rib. <laughs> hey, Chris, uh, appreciate you coming on. Good to actually like talk to you yeah. uh, for yeah. the first time. Uh, been a big fan of your work for yes. a while now. Uh, I reference it enough on the radio show and on the podcast, and I'm like, you know what? Let's get Chris on to talk about these charts, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, and y'all have a good one. All right, take it easy. That is Chris Gallo. He is Dagon Box Scores on social media on Twitter. Uh, you can go check that out. He's a fun follow. Uh, he's a Tar Heel guy, though. So state fans, if like during basketball season, it's it's a lot of Tar Heel gifs and video breakdowns. So. Oh, deep though. But deep stuff. It's, yeah, it's really, really, really good. It's Enjoy. really, really, really good. Next topic, please. Big shout out to the Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovius and Gilio. I was at the pool yesterday. Right now is like the perfect time to go to your neighborhood pool because people are over it. Or you time it so that your neighborhood pool swim meet is on the road. Ooh. And there's nobody at the pool. So... Me and my guy, Ryan, we met at the pool yesterday. I had the signature steak tips, threw those on the community grill, and we had a great time all at the butcher's market. Locations across the triangle. Go check them out. Yeah, we still need to get the fries, or I need to get the fries. You need to get the fries. I've had the fries. But everyone that we talk about with a steak and cheese sandwich, they tweet to us and say, okay, wait a second. (laughs) You guys have talked about this so much that you're not lying. So I feel like maybe I should advance this a little bit. Okay. Because the turkey and provolone, they put some sort of it's it's like a jam, mm-hmm. so it's it has like a Thanksgiving ish type feel, mm-hmm. but it's very light. It's not overpowering because you uh, when you look on the board, it just says turkey and provolone. You're like, oh, okay, because there's also a turkey and avocado, yeah, which is very good. Agree, but I get the turkey and provolone, and I'm like, wait a second, there's something going on here that I'm kind of feeling like. 1987 i'm ready to watch miami play boston college and maybe there'll be a hail flutie like because that's what we did for thanksgiving mm-hmm. basically what i'm telling you is you can't go wrong at the butcher's market check them out at the butchersmarkets.com and yes we have the home base six forks millbrook there but holly springs has been the one where people are like "Ooh, i've, I've driven by but i've never been but, but now, now you go in now because of the og i go in also when you drive by a breeze through yes they have gas yes there's a store oh, there. That's not the good one. However, <laughs> there's way more in a breeze through. And then we've also they're, experienced they're that all too. Breeze through, it's all breeze through stuff. <laughs> we've experienced that too with our listeners who have gone in their breeze through and they're like, oh, now I get it. They have like a what? beer cave. They have growlers. Yes, they have all that stuff. And you get lifetime free refills. Are you going to be up at 135 in the morning to watch the British Open? Of course I am. Then you should go to the breeze through on your way to Wyndham, yeah. by the way, and fill up your coffee. Because if you're going to be watching golf super early in the morning, breeze through's got your brew. Yeah. And listen, we're giving away these tumblers, OG mixtape. Mm-hmm. Now, the old tumblers were just, they were cool. Please don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this lifetime refill <laughs> is no it's joke. A, it's a key difference. No, like this is, a, this has functional use yes. and value. Yes, it does. Uh, anywhere you go. It's, and you know you're going to be at Carter Finley Stadium right mm-hmm. across the street, Edwards Mill Road. You know you're going to Walnut Creek. Stop at the one at Pool Road. Soda, coffee, free. Walk in, fill it up, show them the thing. You're out the door. That's it. Love Can't it. get any easier than that. They're 20 bucks, by the way. If you want to get one of these at the store, you can get one. But the only way to win one of these is right here on the OG. So we're, we're going to be at ACC kickoff next week, Tuesday. We're actually going to have four shows next week. A little bit of housekeeping. We're going to start having four shows every week once the football season arrives. So 
be on the lookout for that. You know, summer three shows a week makes a lot of sense, but we tend to cover it all. But once we get to football season, we're going to be doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with overtime additions. If we have a local team playing on a Thursday night. Okay. Just, we got a lot of Friday night games this year. I'm not sure how many Thursday night games we have. Not a lot, but either way, that's how we're going to operate. Once we get the football season all the way through basketball season and who knows with the Canes and the Stanley cup playoffs, regardless, we're going to be at ACC kickoff. Should be a lot of fun. We'll have shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we're going to have shows all throughout the week next week because we're going to have so much content. There's only so much we, you know, we can put it in a Feels show. Feels like a lot of work for me, Joe. Not really. It's more work for me. Mm. Do you put the shows together? <laughs> wow. <laughs> more, work, more, work for, more, more, more work for me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who was the show again? Feels like more work for me. Does it? I don't know about that. We'll discuss. Regardless, we, we were talking about with, with Chris about five and seven records in Miami and everything else. You know who else had a five and seven record last year? Jimbo Fisher <laughs> at Texas A&M. And Jimbo, <laughs> whoo boy. So the SEC, the SEC media days are going on this week. And yeah, Greg Sankey talking about NIL, whatever. That just gets like a big hand wank from me because they're all saying the same, the same stuff. I want spicy. Give me spicy. Ah, there's Kirby Smart and Steve Spurrier having a little fun on social media because Kirby Smart insists on calling it the Georgia-Florida game, not the Florida-Georgia game. So what Steve Spurrier said, oh, I'm sorry. It's still the Florida-Georgia game to me because look at our record, you know, like when he was the coach. It's fun and frivolity. But the real spiciness has actually happened with Jimbo Fisher. Texas A&M fans are not happy with Jimbo Fisher. You go five and seven. Weird. And you've got that contract, which they just re-upped in 2022 for the next 10 years. Yeah, people are not really happy. And I feel like Jimbo's walking into a really critical season for Texas A&M. So much so that he hired Bobby freaking Petrino to call plays. Or did he? So he starts getting all these questions about Bobby Petrino's addition to the offensive staff. Because we know how Jimbo is about his offense. Very control freaky. All right. Yes. Very control freak. So he started getting a bunch of questions and this is the exchange. Let's see if I can pull this up on uh, we're, we're Oh geez. I think I lost the, uh, did I lose? Did I lose the, well, here's fine bomb. Here's the, look, I'm going to, sorry, live to tape. I screwed up. I'll pull up the other, uh, the other tweet. This is from the fine bomb show. When Paul Feinbaum was asking Jimbo Fisher about job security, if he's worried about his job, here's the response. And, and I'm not, putting you on the spot here but no. everyone talks about you know okay your, your i don't contract. worry about that i don't worry about losing does my it job. give you uh does that help i worry you about not you? doing a good job for our players and our fans and the people on our support staff who count on us every day to keep a job that's what that's what motivates me and drives me i don't i'm not worried about myself i don't, I don't i've never worried about myself whether i had a one-year contract or a 10-year contract i'm worried about the people who work under us the players having a great experience and winning and our fans getting a great program, which they deserve. And, and the alumni base and all that stuff, that that's what I worry about. The rest of that stuff, you, you can't, you don't control that. I can control the other. Does it, do you, do you, do you worry about how it affects those who are close to you though? Yeah, but they understand that, they, that. they hear it. They understand it when they go in and okay. they ain't gonna listen to it. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the world we live in. That's, that's what we live in. I mean, that's, that's our world. And you know that when you get in this business each and every day and, and you want to change it, go in. So there you go. There is Jimbo Fisher with Paul Feinbaum on the Feinbaum show on the SEC network. Here's um. if I were to give you a, a quick pop quiz yeah. about Jimbo Fisher. And I said to you in 
six seasons. Is it six or five? Uh, One, two, 2017. Three, if I were to say to you in five seasons, did Jimbo Fisher ever win double digit games at Texas A&M? What would your initial, not without looking answer be? My initial reaction would be, yes, he has. He's right. won a couple. He's done it a couple it times. felt like the first year when they absolutely sandblasted NC State in the Gator Bowl in 2018 mm-hmm. and the team won the Gator Bowl. You're like, oh yeah, that team was really good, right? Uh, nine and four. Top 20, which, mm-hmm. by the way, when you're the second highest paid coach in college football, not great. Not sure nine and four is what you're getting paid for. Not great. Next year, they go eight and five. Then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But remember the year they were number five mm-hmm. and he was crying because mm-hmm. they should have been in the playoff. Well, that was the pandemic year. And fair enough, they probably would have won double digit games that year. But that's not how the pandemic worked. They went nine and one, but they beat Carolina in the Orange Bowl in a, in a game that somehow both gave Texas A&M fans hope mm-hmm. for the next year and Carolina fans yes. hope. Yes. One of the greatest tricks Mac Brown's ever pulled. Yes. Right. Well, cause they had young guys that, that looked like <laughs> right. they were going to be good. So he gets a raise after beating state. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause whoa, whoa, look what we did first year. He might go take the <laughs> Auburn job. He might go take the LSU. I think it was LSU for that one. Yeah. He might go take the LSU. We, we got to give him a raise. Okay. That's a very NC state thing to do, by the way. Oh, you went nine? You won nine games? Here's some money. Here's some money. Then they beat Carolina mm. in a bowl game. Oh, give them a raise. So now they're in a situation where they owe him $70 million if they were to try to buy him out after going eight and four in a year where they were preseason top five, I believe, 2021. And didn't and they finished 25 in the coaches poll unranked in the, in the AP. So that's a very Mac Brown move for him. And then 2022, they go five and seven, completely bottom out. And what what are we talking about now? Because you got raises after beating State and Carolina. He's owed seventy seven million dollars this year if they fire him. And, and now, my understanding is that twenty five percent of that has to get paid within sixty days. Yeah, of Jimmy, him getting fired. Sexton's mama didn't raise no fool. And then the rest of it gets paid out through the remainder yeah. of his contract years. And then from there, it goes down about ten million dollars every year following that. So it'll be like around sixty eight million dollars after next season. Again, take another. 10 million off and that the following season. So Jimbo Fisher's not going anywhere anytime soon is the point. They Dude, got that here, oil money. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> here's here's the thing about that. Like at some point, somebody still has to cut that check. That's right? a lot of freaking money to pay somebody not to coach, man. They they are not going to tolerate Texas joining that league and, and leapfrogging them. Because think about how happy they were. They were, they were, they felt they had, well, they had before Jimbo, mm-hmm. they had Johnny football. Yeah. So they were running hot. They were, running even hot. though they never won anything. Yeah. Also they, a very NC state of them. They, they never had a very, won anything. they had an incredible <laughs> capital improvements program. Yes. I mean, they, they sunk money yes. into that. They stadium. were running hot. They got out of Texas's shadow. They were yes. in the SEC. They were doing their thing. They went and hired the hot shit coach from Florida state. Mm-hmm. They paid them all that money. Mm-hmm. They felt like they pulled one over on everybody. And now all of a sudden they're sitting here going, uh, wait, who's coming in next year? Making matters. Because if you don't think if you don't think Texas A&M is the equivalent of NC State with money, you are sleeping. They are the same place. They have the same complexes. They just they have a whole lot more money than State does. Yeah. It, well, Bamani Jones always pointed out to me that Texas A&M is just NC State with money. Yeah. I mean, literally just the entire aesthetic and what they're obsessed with screwing over Texas. Yes. <laughs> And they had the money to like, you know, like screw you, Texas. And leaving, yes. leaving for the SEC was screw you, Texas. <laughs> yes. Like that's an NC that's State fever they, dream. They finally did yeah. it. Yeah, it was an NC State fever dream. But as with 
NC State and North Carolina and Texas, Texas A&M, what ended up happening? Oh, well, you know, Greg Sankey's got to bring Texas into the league. It's not lost on me. They were the one who leaked it. They're the ones who leaked it because they didn't want it to happen. And then now suddenly SEC media days are going to Dallas. No. Gee, I wonder why. Actually, I don't like that. Because, I don't like you know, what, which one, which terrible Alabama city that they do it in? Uh, they Hooversville do it in Hoover. or? Yeah, yeah, in Hoover. The or Who's Birmingham. in Hoosville. Anyway, here's. Well, but, but also, before you get to this last thing with Jimbo. Yeah. I know Bud Elliott was screaming this from the jump. Yeah, and Bud I know Elliott from 24-7 CBS Sports. And I know Willie Taggart was screaming this from the jump. But at some point, the, the state of disarray mm-hmm. that Jimbo Fisher, yes, won a national championship at Florida State. But the state of disarray that he left that program in to the point where it took five full years for and two different coaches for it to recover, we do not put enough blame the people on the outside of Tallahassee, yeah, outside of the Seminole Booster Club, outside of Bud Elliott, not there aren't enough people who go back and look at Jimbo Elliott and go, "You did such a piss poor job yeah. at one of the marquee." Like, if you want to blame somebody right now for the ace for the ace, some of the ACC's problems, blame Jimbo. Point the finger, and he won a national championship. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah, but look at what but, happened. But the way that he let that thing erode around him for his own ego which is what makes the Petrino hiring so interesting. And that's what's going to be a circus. We'll close on this. Here's Jimbo getting questions from the uh, from the writer's room during SEC media days on the hiring of former Louisville, uh, Arkansas. Louisville. <laughs> twice. Twice. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons for like a hot minute, Coach Bobby Petrino. Bobby's a lot of underneath play action. <laughs> no, but I'm not going to get into schematics before we do it. A lot of underneath play action. Was that a reference to his Arkansas exit? Or is that no, something else? No, okay, I'm, being, I'm just saying, I don't know. Everything. We're not going to get into that. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say exactly what we're going to do or how we're going to do it, but we'll have a good plan. We'll, and then the key is we got to execute it and do it and get the ball to the right guys and the right playmakers and you know be solid across the front, get the quarterback doing what he's supposed to do, and get to the playmakers and let them play. That's, that's, that's your goal on offense and not turn it over and score points. Bunch of filibuster. He did that a bunch of times when he was asked questions specifically about Bobby Petrino. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't bring Bobby in. I was like, oh, he's a good man. I'm like, buddy. It's a good person. Buddy. Humanitarian. No, we have enough examples where that's not the case. We're moving on. Shout out to Oak City Sports Cards for sponsoring Ovius and Gilio. We've got baseball cards that we're going to be bringing to kickoff. I feel like I have to drop on by to get some garbage pail kids. Yeah, I'm going to go see Weston this week. We'll we'll make some purchases. Very excited about this. We'll be ready. But here's the most important thing. But also for our next guest. I have a Brendan Armstrong card, so I, I either can bring it to her or I can bring it to Brendan himself. I think you should bring off. it to Brendan. Yeah, Brendan. Okay. Uh, but you can get all kinds of cards, Oak City Sports cards. But most important thing, go get your cards graded. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to get the best value. And Weston's going to give you the best deal possible. Check them out. Downtown Raleigh, Glenwood Avenue, or oakcitycards.com. Also, shout out to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. I feel like I should tell the pool to contact Mosquito Authority because when I was trying to grill, whoo, the mosquitoes were out. Don't have that problem in the backyard. Mitigated thanks to Mosquito Authority. You've gotten taken care of thanks yeah, to Pest Authority. When I go out on the golf course, I like bathe in off. <laughs> that is not something that needs to happen in my backyard. But ants, the ants are back. Uh, actually have Mosquito Authority coming out to the house today. Very nice. So shouts to Hayes Lancaster and his crew. Go check them out at BugsBite.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Hotline is our friend Caroline Darney, USA Today. She's in town. I actually saw Caroline this week. Uh, not for ACC kickoff to no. talk about her who's she's here, not for Chelsea. Absolutely nope. not. <laughs> here 
for Wrexham, Chelsea Wrexham at Keenan today. You were at Media Day yesterday. I was. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. First of all, I'd like to say anyone could fire me for $77 million. I'd be happy <laughs> to go. Uh, and if I was going to run a college football offense, I would also focus on scoring points and not turning it over. So I don't see what the problem is with Jimbo Fisher. I think that he's got it all figured out. Um, and for, right. <laughs> for my own ad read, brought to you by another king, <laughs> cup of joe your girl has been fueled by cup of joe while she's been here in raleigh but yeah i'm here for uh the wrexham chelsea friendly and it's been so fun so obviously i don't know um when the season first season of welcome to wrexham came out a year ago year and a half now something like that okay. and so the the draw for anyone listening who hasn't heard of wrexham it's a small town northern wales um and they were just below the Look, I cannot get into the most accurate descriptions of Premier League uh, football hierarchies and rankings, but they wanted to get promoted into the third league, which would be above the line to get uh, funding from the Premier League and all this great stuff. And Rob McElhenney of Always Sunny, Ryan Reynolds, big actor, (laughs) might have heard of him, uh, decided to buy the team. And so they had a documentary, and, and it's been like a huge explosion of support here in the United States. So this is really why I'm here is just to kind of see like who's coming out to see Wrexham and what is the, what is the experience been like for them? Because in the soon to be second season of the show, mm-hmm. they will cover the journey in which they did get promoted, which was a huge, not surprise. Like they were close the first season, but to do what they've done in two seasons um, has been pretty incredible. And so spoiler alert, they do get promoted in the second season, but it did already happen in the real world. So I, I, feel I, like love, I love that with sports and spoiler alerts. Like, yeah. the game, right? Yeah. Well, this, is, this is where I was going to lead this. Cause you, I have not watched the show. I'm familiar yeah. with the show show I'm, fam- I'm familiar with the phenomenon it's it's almost inescapable in the world of sports as they've been doing this but i think it kind of speaks to where sports media trends are going in that netflix and others have kind of hit on the storytelling it happened with f1 and we've seen yeah. a ratings increase tied to we've seen uh, your dad drop all kinds of dude he dropped bars to get into a Miami race thirty five hundred dollars and it wasn't even <laughs> for the it. lobster so <laughs> so this is this is kind of a similar vein and you've watched the show and we were talking about it this mm-hmm. week like how invested you get not in the celebrity yeah. not the celebrity of it but for, the players themselves yeah. and the stories they've got right yeah and so what's really cool about the way the documentary is done i think this is what shows like drive to survive will show us or i think there was just they just had the, they had a tennis one that was just on they have they've had golf ones um a lot of times and from talking to fans yesterday at the open practice that came in from St. Louis, Orlando, Colorado, like just to see this game is when I talked to them and asked them stuff, they care about the te- like the, the players and the team and how the team was described to them. Like they're not there just because like Ryan and Rob brought it. Like they're not meeting Ryan and Rob. <laughs> like that's what I mean. These are well, people that are did. paying for the package you, you to watch. Their, you met their cutouts. I did meet their cutouts, and the one of Rob was, like, hilariously shorter, which (laughs) just felt very – because during the show, there's a lot of, like, oh, and and Ryan's friend, like, he wasn't the one that came up with the idea to buy the team, but um, it's something that you get to know the town, and – it's a, you know, this is always like the sports story, right? That draws people in. It's a blue collar town. They're the underdog. They've been around forever. The team, but the team is owned partially by the town, like t- people who live there. It's similar, I guess, to Green Bay Packers in a way, but like mm-hmm. when 
when Rob and Ryan wanted to buy the team, they had to essentially pitch a deck and do a PowerPoint presentation for the rest of the team owners, AKA the locals. And the locals had to give the okay to like, let these two celebrities purchase the rest of the remain, you know, become the owners, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, it's such a fascinating look. And there's a lot of really in-depth stories. I won't, I don't want, this was actually could be spoiler if you're watching the thing, but there's a lot of like really personal stories that, these players or their families share there's an entire episode on hooliganism which is fascinating okay. um they talk to a local woman whose boyfriend gets um banned because of a hooligan incident after one of the matches and it's really fascinating to hear him talk about like okay babe but you still got to get my tickets and she's like you can't go and he's like yeah but if i if they decide to let me back in in a few years i'll lose my seats with the lads like i mean it's like this whole thing and so it's been really cool i think that's what actually has drawn people in because they're not going to Chelsea's probably going to play their third side like and that's it's a friendly it is what it is but it's a chance to see where they're kind of at it's not one to actually go for like a huge game or what's going to happen like it doesn't really matter what happens on the pitch but you know look at you working lads side (laughs) and pitch in there look at me go what what is happening (laughs) a fixture Fixture. It's a fixture. The new kids will look sharp. Yeah. Can we talk about 24 second shot clock violations? Can you make me feel whole again here, please? <laughs> I was going to make a joke for you guys. I was like stuck in traffic and I'd be like, just like watching Virginia play basketball. Am I right, guys? Like, I was, in, I was like, I've been taken over by the triangle. That good old Raleigh Durham is right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That really tells you, you know, the area uh, when we're doing the show we're, from the airport. Carolyn, where are you on Brendan Armstrong and Robert and I? What what is oh, the Wolfpack getting? I want my sweet sweet boy Brennan to have the best time this year. Um, I honestly cannot say enough nice stuff about that guy as a person. Um, I think he's a great quarterback. There's a lot of stuff that you can look at last year, and it is what it is. Like the, I think the biggest drawback for Brennan last year one is a change of scheme, and one of the reasons he wanted to stay under Tony Tony Elliott is I think that there was a bit of like there's a lot of stigma around a quarterback in college who only does run and gun type stuff. Like I think he wanted to diversify a little bit, but they didn't have, in my opinion, they didn't have the offensive line strength. They lost a lot of the experience at offensive line that really, um, that's, what's going to be important this year. I think for state and I'm not, I will say I, I have, I did not read up on my state offensive line depth chart, but they did also get <laughs> Garrett 2J, uh, who was a UVA guy as well. And I think Garrett is relatively pretty well liked from the UVA crowd. So that, combo together the three of them is really something that i mean i think state fans should be excited i don't i'm gonna like of course they're coming to charlottesville this year of course um but brennan it better be delicious because you know i hate virginia it better be delicious i I don't i don't know if virginia is going to win a football game this year i really don't that makes a couple of us I really don't. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Their schedule is no. hard. Like their schedule is brutal. Cody Elliott. What? Like what are they yeah. doing? Yeah, it was. I feel like I've seen this before with Mike London. Like, yeah. why are you playing these games out of the league? Part of this. Part of this is like obviously these things were set up before right. he got here, right? Because yeah. we need yeah. to stop scheduling football like it's setting yeah. someone up to go to college and like Amen. a college fund because it's it's absurd that like. And you schedule it and you don't know who's going to be what. I think you could relatively say that, like, yeah, Tennessee is probably going to be pretty good most years. You could say, I mean, JMU is the class of the state. Yeah, that's the one I'm (laughs) worried about. It's the class of the Commonwealth. This is not an easy game. They're going to, anyway. And William Um, and Mary was a playoff team last year, right? What was that? William and Mary was a playoff team, aren't they playing them too? Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's, and it's going to be tough because there's, there's a lot of things at play, um, you know, coming off of a not good football season on the field. Yeah. And then you add in well, just the on. extra emotional turmoil and, you know, it's going to be tough to take the field again. Um, you're missing some pieces. And I mean, you, you're going to maybe not start, but get big run, big production from a player that was literally shot in the back in November. And the fact that Mike Hollins is, is not only, recovered but back playing is incredible to me and i will have, I have nothing but respect for that kid for like the hard work he's put in and the courage that he's shown so it's kind of like this football season is just going to be real tough i think in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um but the fact of it is like fans will get mad but tony Elliott's not going anywhere like second season it's going to be right. it's going to be tough it's just a tough way to kind of keep things moving because it, it's going to be there's no real easy you know Every time when people are like, oh, they played Duke and they had success against Duke under uh, Bronco, but mm-hmm. Elko, he's got a machine running down there right now. So, you know, you're like, okay, great. Your, cool. Your schedule is going to be tough, though. So that's, yeah. that's another issue yeah. entirely. Like, Caroline Garney, USA Today, she's in town for the uh, Chelsea-Wrexham game. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll say goodbye on this because during the, the, the Carolina Hurricanes Stadium Series, mm-hmm. There were a lot of people in the television broadcast that watched on the television broadcast that were upset that it essentially was an infomercial for NC State and NC State football, (laughs) which is weird because you think playing a hockey game at NC State Stadium, well, yes, you you would get an infomercial, but there were some Carolina fans that vocalized their displeasure of, well, there are Carolina fans who are hockey fans. Where's the love for the Tar Heels? And a lot of people went, I mean, if the game was at Keenan, then you'd probably get the commercial there. So I am curious, do you know of anything? Because you were at Media Day yesterday and you're headed there today. Do you know of any like, will Michael Jordan be making an appearance? Will will there oh. be like a special Jordan shoe they might drop? Will Dude, Mac Brown you know that I would lose my mind? I saw Mac Brown yesterday. Okay. <laughs> just walking around though. He was just walking around on campus near the football stadium. And I was like, it's that time that of looks the year. Like Mac Brown. Um, I have not heard of any, you know, there's still the off chance. I know this is not Carolina related, but there's still the off chance allegedly that Ryan and Rob do make an appearance. I think All that right. would be the biggest deal. Um, they have not said, uh, if there's going to be any, you know, big Carolina name. I did ask the guys, the, the Wrexham, the Wrexham lads, um, they are enamored with the facilities so one of the early episodes of welcome to rexham like second maybe when the first time that that rob and ryan go see the facilities and and they're like this is the weight room at carolina no no like go see the facilities in rexham like their professional football club is oh i'm guessing that carolina with all the upgrades they've made over the years much nicer (laughs) tell me that deadpool is going to pose for a picture in front of the Jordan wall. He might Please don't do that. He might. Uh, there's, I mean, I don't know if he's here, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> but I, they were just like, there's an indoor pool. There's like this, there's these things. So they're like, and, they're, and I was like, have you ever seen that much blue in one spot? <laughs> and they were like, no, yeah, but it was funny. So I don't know if there'll be any, any big, uh, um, Carolina specific things. But. All right, so let's just pretend that I could bet on this tonight. Okay. What do you think? Both teams to score, bet on the tie. I love to bet on a tie in soccer. One of my favorite bets. I would probably, my inclination is to bet on a Chelsea win. Okay. Um, But I think I would like to see 
I think Super Paul Mullins gets on the score sheet. Paul He's Mullins? A, yeah, Paul okay. Mullins. You know, score. Yeah, as you Sorry, know. Paul Mullins. Ooh, all these yeah. yeah. Um, so and the so what's cool, we talked yeah, the other fun thing that you guys would appreciate, I think, is the the goalie Ben Foster. Um, I think he's 41. He was pulled out of retirement. I mean, that's not why you would appreciate him. You'd appreciate him. He's you lose yeah. you're in your 40s, right? You're not quite. Not quite. We're not there yet. Um, but he was pulled out of retirement. And then the season when they got promoted last year, he it was three to two in the like deciding game, and the other team had a penalty kick, Knotts County, and he saved it in the sixth minute of six extra time second half um and he has a like very he loves to vlog he does like video stuff on youtube ben foster he's great he's very charismatic like tells a bunch of great stories he'll put up the camera in the in the net and play Mm -hmm. the game and edit it and he kind of takes fans around on their away trips and shows fans like what it's like to be the keeper of a (laughs) a, you know awesome welsh power of netflix they got uh, an ACC fan to care about the English League Two. Love it. Yes. Love it. Two is what we're talking about yeah, here. Being it. promoted to League One. Because as, so as, as I learned in Ted Lasso, the second league is called the Championship League. Right. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. I'm begging them to make it make sense. But yes. So. But if we were a bowl, is there a bowl subdivision? Yeah. There is no, <laughs> no. Well, there is the championships. But like college football, their yeah. second level is the championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. it, it is funny how that works out. <laughs> Makes no sense. All right. Well, Caroline, uh, good seeing you. Good catching you. Yeah. Thanks, have, guys. Uh, I'm excited fun. about what you're doing here. You always have my support. So. Oh, no. We oh, appreciate you, that. We appreciate that. Yeah. That's Caroline Darney, USA Today here on Ovius and Chilio. You want to get out of here on some Hey Joe questions? Yes, please. All right, let's do this. Hey Had Joe. a great time with Anthony yesterday. Brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Uh, check them out online at oakwoodpizzabox.com. What did you do with Anthony? Shouts yesterday? to my guy, man. Opened up on his off day for me yesterday. Yeah. Bought Elliot Avon over there. Nice. To do a little Law of the Wolf podcast. Elliot was like a kid in a candy store. Oh, I bet. He I bet had he lost his mind. Never been there before. Okay. And he was like, I went to Naples this spring, summer, yeah. last summer he went to Naples. And he said, that's supposedly the home of pizza. He was like, this pizza is better than the one. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like he was just, and he had a great story about Henry Kissinger and A-Rod. Exactly. Is that like that is exactly the Henry face. Kissinger <laughs> and, and A-Rod I walk into the a, bar. Like, I walk into a suite at Yankee Stadium with A-Rod oh, and Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger? <laughs> yes. That's not who I would have expected. I, listen, Elliot's got stories. We'll have all of them on next week's Law of the Wolf. <laughs> but fair enough. Seriously, shouts to Anthony for and then awesome. when, and then Elliot stayed for forty minutes after we left. Oh, I'm sure Anthony was all about it. And Anthony was just he goes that they don't make them like that. No, guy they anymore. don't. No, they no, do they not don't. make Look, them like that guy. Anymore. You and I, quick story. It's been long enough now where you and I ended up when uh, they reopened Mitch's. Yes. Okay. They reopened Mitch's. Yes. So you and I go get lunch with our there. friend Fred Demarest. Yeah. yeah. So you, me, Fred, we're we're having lunch at Mitch's, and I guess like you were you had been texting with Elliot or something like that. Well, Fred has a great relationship he with does. Elliot. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Elliot Avid shows up, and he's like a whirlwind man. He's like, ah, this isn't this. He sits down. He was there for what ten minutes. He got the gumbo. <laughs> he's there literally. He gets the gumbo, inhales it, <laughs> puts a wad of cash down, and out, off he goes. Yeah. Was, that was it. Do you think he understood? Do you know how much 
do you think he knew what kind no. of money he put down or he just like this will cover it and he it's moved out of there? Yeah, it's really a beer. <laughs> Something yeah, will happen. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from Cam. What's the funniest way the ACC football season could go? The funniest way. <sighs> first year, no divisions. First year, no divisions. Ooh, funniest. State finally wins. Miami, Miami State in the uh, yeah. championship. That's what we game. get. That that actually we would be the funniest thing. Year. Yeah, states never won a division. They've been screaming, "If we had only they didn't go so." Then they finally funniest. do it, and then Miami ends up doing it. Uh, funniest. Uh, okay. No, the funniest thing, honestly, the funniest thing would be what what in college football funniest would be the thing that actually is good for the ACC and it rankles the rest of college. Oh, football. fun! How about we get Miami, Florida State? We get a Miami, finally, Florida finally. State. And they're both in the college football playoff. That would be the funniest because that would tick everybody off. Yeah. That would certainly tick off the SEC. And that would be funny for us. Now, funny like schadenfreude, let's watch this rubberneck, this car wreck with college football, is that you don't get Clemson. You don't get a Florida State. The two top tier teams that everybody's hyped on. And we end up getting some sort of Pat Narduzzi special. That's actually, all I'm saying. So actually the most ACC thing to happen, because you got to remember, the reason divisions exist, existed for as long as they did. Mm-hmm. Remember under the old playoff, remember under the, first of all, in the BCS, the ACC did well in terms of getting that champion into that game. Yes. And then under the four-team playoff, the ACC did really well in getting their champion in every single year. Mm-hmm. So the ACC was never inclined to change anything. And the original reason that the division stayed was they never wanted Florida State and Clemson to play twice in a year, and then the, the then they split and neither makes the playoff. That was the original reason. Yeah. Okay. So what happens during the pandemic? Clemson loses to Notre Dame, who participated in the league that year. Then Clemson turns around, beats Notre Dame, and then they both make the playoff. So that is what changed a lot of the mindsets. Well, wait a second. The rematch might be actually good for the ACC. Mm-hmm. So it would be it would be slightly funny this year if Clemson were to beat Florida State during the year and then Florida State then beat Clemson and then nobody gets in. Yeah, that would and be bad. And then you're clamoring for that expansion. That would be bad. Playoff. Uh, this is from Matt on Twitter. Hey, Joe, are beer festivals dead? And he included a link to a beer advocate. Beer advocate actually puts on a lot of festivals. They're not, I don't think they've done one since 2020 when the pandemic hit. Uh, but yeah, the article is the death of the beer festivals, jolting the craft brewing scene, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when's the last time you went to a craft beer festival or any sort of beer festival? Beer Kana. Beer Kana was the last time? Yeah. Shout out to Adam and Wayne. It's a great day. Running Beer Kana. Yeah, they did a really good event with it. The genesis of Beer Kana, which was out in, in the spring uh, at Sug Farm Park. They want, so tradition, I've never been one for beer festivals because I didn't like the idea of being in a crammed space, sitting in a line with a small cup, just to sample a beer. Okay. Okay. So right off the bat, I had issues with beer festivals in general. Here comes Beer Kana. But you pay, usually you pay a vig up front. Yes. And then you don't pay as you're moving along. So no. that's, you pay for food at that point. Yeah. But yeah. the beer is part of the price right but it, yeah you're right it's a smaller cup it's a smaller cup you get the samples there's legal reasons for that so here comes beer kana and for several years the the pull of beer kana was that it was on this giant field open space limited amount of breweries and a limited they had a cap on who could show up including a vip okay which else which is important to me 
So rather than sitting in a line just to get a small pour, you can actually hit a lot more breweries. But here's ultimately why beer festivals, in my opinion, are no really are, are no longer a thing. Availability. It comes down to availability. All of the beer itself. It used to be, if you want to craft beer, you had to go look for it, man. Mm-hmm. You had to know a guy. You had to have a connect. They There was a lot of beer trading that would take this place. Is, this is Anheuser-Busch's fault, isn't it? So they, yeah, they buy up all these big portfolios, get bought up. So I can just get this stuff from the teeter. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's super simple. So, I mean, it used to be that people would line up to get a Kentucky bourbon stout. Now they got Kentucky bourbon stouts sitting there months after they were released. Yeah, I remember when... James was out down at uh, Moore Square mm-hmm. and the the burial, there'd be like a line. And I'm like, and you, you ex- this is before we were working together. You were like, oh, it's a release of a, and I'm like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> like, what language are you speaking in that people are lining up yes. for a beer release? Yes. You're like, that's a real thing. And it's I'm a like, real thing. Because there's only a limited amount. Okay. And there's a trading scene that goes along with it. And you would trade with somebody out in California. So you buy, then you get like Pliny the Great in return. Pliny the Elder. Elder the Great. And then they would, they would send that back to you. And old Tom Morris, young Tom Morris. Exactly. It's all worth it. It's all but everybody says data. blind pig is better. Regardless, <laughs> the it's an elevated take. Um, it's a deep cut. Aren't you proud of me? Even though I, I, I screwed no, it up. I'm slightly. proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm I got the Pliny part right. You did. You did. I got Pliny the Elder Sock. Shout out to Steven, my, uh, my barber. So... um availability is the biggest thing. The reason why beer festivals, the whole point was there was some sort of exclusivity that came along with it. If I wanted to have this beer that people have talked about, where I've read about, where I've only sampled it once on a trip, here's my chance to get it. So now I think like, shout out to the dudes at trophy. Uh, People know by now, if you've listened to us for a long time, y'all know I got a relationship with the guys over at trophy. Good dudes that there's like a Raleigh rare event now. That's cool. So these are beers that they've had in a cellar for a long time. They've got verticals, uh, you know, barrel aged things. They only made X amount bottle condition things that they never put for sale to the general public. But here's your chance to actually try some of these things. And again, the most important part is the exclusivity and the amount of people that show up to them. So, you know, you kind of outgrow it. I'm 44 years old. The last thing I wanted to do was, you know, go downtown uh, at a beer festival with a bunch of drunk 20 something. Like part, I'm out, man. Is this the part of the program where I point out the youths would rather have a, a seltzer or an iced tea or ah, that's a separate conversation. Okay. That's honestly that's a separate conversation. Different. Yeah, that's that's a totally that's a whole nother that's podcast. A, that, you know, that's a 919 <laughs> Vice podcast, which we've actually talked about. Go check out 919 Vice wherever you get your podcast. That's gonna wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Thursday, uh, where you're gonna be out at uh, Sedgefield. Right. I am. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm excited. Okay. I know you're hype about this. I will be here, but we'll see you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.